Thomas Keller, the Michelin-starred chef of the French Laundry, famously has a sign in his kitchen that says, Sense of Urgency. It's kind of a motto. The idea is that if you work in this kitchen, you need to work with attention and purpose and discipline because what we're about matters. And so he wants you to move around this kitchen with a sense of urgency. And that came to mind as I was thinking about the text this morning. Because each of them has a strong sense of urgency. Something's got to be done. Take Jonah, for instance. This morning's text kind of takes the meat out of the Jonah story, or the fish. If you just had this to go by, you'd think the story of Jonah was about a man called to go and preach, and then people repented. End of story. Kind of a happy, simple tale. But it's actually kind of a funny, ironic story, right? Because Jonah doesn't want to do it. And we all know the part about Jonah going, no, I'm not doing that. And he gets on the boat, and then they throw him in the water, and the fish takes him, and he gets spit up on the beach in Nineveh. And so he reluctantly goes and preaches. And then everybody actually repents. And he goes off and he sulks. He's mad about it. This isn't what he wanted at all. He's like those guys that come to those occasions, you know, on the street, and they got a big sign and a microphone telling everybody, they're all going to hell. You know, if you don't repent, it's going to happen soon. Ostensibly, it seems like they're trying to do you a service. But I think they want some smoting going on. <laughs> you know, and if you all repented, then what? You know, kind of reminds me of time when I was in Toronto and I was going to daily mass and there used to be this lector who would really read the judgment passages of the Old Testament with a lot of vigor. And it was the day after the Loma Prieta earthquake. And I'll never forget the prayer he offered. He said, I want to pray for the people of San Francisco, even though it's a sinful city, much in need of God's wrath. <laughs> I thought, what a backhanded way to pray for people. <laughs> and there's something about that kind of urgency that somehow if we don't make a change, that God's going to get us, that we're going to get punished. And that's one way I think urgency can go off the rails. That we urgently need to do something because otherwise we're going to get punished. In Corinthians, we got Paul, who in this particular section, it kind of makes him sound like one of those end of the world people. Kind of one of those millenarians, right? We don't get much of that now, but if you remember back to the turn of the, of the millennia, between like the spaceship behind Hale-Bob and Y2K and the signs that was like, the world's coming to an end on Wednesday. <laughs> it, it was kind of like you need to pack your suitcase and get out there 
and wait for it. It's that kind of urgency that like, we just need to give up this life and think about what's coming next. And again, I think the urgency is that is misdirected to the future. I think Paul is actually pointing us to the way we have to live now. That actually it's the cares and preoccupations of this world that are passing away as you live into the gospel. But urgency can kind of make you prepare for something else completely, as though you have nothing to do but wait for God to come and do it. And then, of course, we have Mark. And urgency is Mark's brand, right? Everything is always immediately happening. You know, one story follows another and another interrupts another. I mean, we're 14 verses into the first chapter. And Jesus has already arrived. John's come. Jesus has been baptized. He's gone to the desert. And now he's calling disciples. Boom, boom, boom. And it's kind of a funny story. Jesus is walking down the beach. And he comes to these guys throwing their nets in the water. And he says, come follow me. And they're like, we're out of here. I mean, who does that, right? I mean, granted, you know, Peter and Andrew got kind of a small thing going. They just got their nets and they're throwing them in, trying to pull up the fish. But the less you have, the more you're aware of how much you have to lose, right? How are you going to eat? How is this going to work out? And what I'm interested in knowing is how is Peter going to tell his wife? I mean, she never really makes an appearance in the gospel, but we know he has one, right? Because Peter's mother-in-law gets healed in a couple of chapters. Trying to imagine that. Honey, I met a man named Jesus, and I am going to become a fisher of people. No, it's more of a catch-and-release program. (laughs) And then you have... James and John, and they even have more to lose, right? Because they've got a boat and hired men, and they're working in the family business with dad. And so they have a whole system that they're walking away from. And I don't know if we can really understand how shocking that is. You know, when I was in Jerusalem, we had an opportunity to um, meet the archbishop Um, of the Anglican Communion. And somebody asked, he said, uh, you know, where are all your homeless here? And he said, you know, it's a different society here. And people feel a responsibility. It's a shame on the family uh, if somebody in their family is homeless. And so these family bonds are really intense and part of your identity. So the idea that James and John would just walk away, it's unbelievable. And so I think what is drawing us away in the Markan text around urgency is that we're urgently needing to do the big gesture, the huge thing. I don't know if maybe I, because I'm in clergy and chaplain and stuff if I'm around a different set of people but we all have that friend 
who, you know, was a Sufi and then cut off all her hair. And now she's in the Zen monastery and then grows it all back and becomes a Russian Orthodox monk. You know, it kind of like there's always this big turnover. Everything's changing. And the problem is, wherever you go, there you are. And I mean, the first fruits of a good spiritual life is sickness of self, right? You just get tired of yourself. And so I think the urgency we're called to is a lot like the work of the people in Thomas Keller's kitchen. You know, I was a chef before I was a priest. And kitchen work is a lot of repetition. It is exactly what you think it is. It's shucking peas and peeling potatoes and, you know, preparing things over and over and over again. The same kinds of things. It is not the sort of thing that's thrilling. It's not the stuff that's on TV. And so likewise in the spiritual life, we're called on a daily basis to do the mundane with attention and purpose. And I think we can see that in the, the basic message of what did Jesus come to say? That the kingdom of God draws near. So first off, we don't need to go out. God's coming to us. And it's right there. Our opportunity to live into that kingdom is daily. And repentance, change, is the way that happens. Each day we have an opportunity to live more completely into that world. To see the world through God's eyes. And to respond accordingly. And the good news is we're already good enough. We're already loved. You are already on the way. You've already said yes. That's why you're here. So it's not about stopping paying your mortgage or going to some desert monastery. It's the daily things you're already doing done with more love and insight and purpose and attention. So just keep going. Keep trying. Keep doing the next thing. Live into that urgency. Because it's right there for you. And it really matters. <laughs>